Welcome to Two Takes of a Pod. My name is Osai and this is my podcast where I take on themes exploring culture and society from the viewpoint of Africans home and abroad. Or is it as seen by an everyday Nigerian in diaspora? Or everyday Nigerians in diaspora? Or Africans in diaspora? Yeah, I know I switched up the intro a few times and uh, in this episode I'm hoping to get a little bit into why. But first, who am I? In the previous situations of the podcast, when I had a co-host, I don't even think we got into who we were. I think it kind of maybe made sense why we were doing it, but I don't know how much context we really gave. So I want to get into a few things and just help you get familiar with uh, who's doing this podcast, why I am doing the podcast, and uh, where all of this is coming from. Let's get into it. Osai is short for Osai Mensi. It's a Bini name. Bini as in Bini in Nigeria, I believe. You know, where they stole all the uh, artifacts from in the British museums. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, Osai is short for Osai Mensi. And Osai Mensi means God made me well. I mean, you know, what can I say? It is what it is, you know. If you can't tell, which I guess you probably shouldn't because I would have edited it, things a little bit. <laughs> but, um... This is more freeform episode today. I am just, you know, chopping it up, um, essentially catching a vibe and uh, giving you an idea of where I'm coming from, you know, in more ways than one, I guess. So my professional background is in engineering. I studied engineering university, uh, electrical engineering to be specific. And now I work as a project, I guess, now product manager at a, a telecom company in Canada. For the most part, engineering has always been the path. I found myself a little bit more inclined to math and physics and design and things like that. Um, so why exactly did I start doing a podcast? Well, eight years ago, maybe like 2014, um, I was doing co-op and I was listening to podcasts. I found podcasts on the podcast app, essentially, on iPhone and uh I was listening to a lot of podcasts on my way to and from work. Um, and I got soaked up in it. You know, I found the Breakfast Club at this time. Um, a bunch of these, you know, uh, interview or radio kind of shows uh, started showing up on YouTube. And I started consuming that like crazy. And I felt like it was something I could do, but I had no media background. Um, all I had was interest and a little bit of, you know, maybe passion for it. But I had no experience whatsoever actually sitting down recording. Um, and, you know, I wasn't sure that I had anything special to say. I felt compelled to say something, but 
or wanting to talk. But, you know, this is the prime of the Internet, right? Everybody's on Twitter, uh, YouTube, Instagram, really just saying whatever the fuck that they want to say. And, uh, you know, what makes me so special? You know, why does what I have to say um, stand out compared to everybody else? You know, some of the podcasts I really kind of, you know, got close to was, uh, I think, The Breakfast Club um, um, and by, by Will Charlemagne, The Brilliant Idiots, and uh, Combat Jack. Combat Jack was this, um, you know, lawyer-toned, you know, radio host, po- podcaster. And uh, he told really amazing stories about um, hip-hop. You know, he was there. He was a lawyer. He was an entertainment lawyer. So he, uh, he, he really saw it. So he was really able to put the listener in, in, in that place, you know, in that time. And, and, and reflecting with a lot of these old school, not old school, but like, you know, 90s and 2000s artists where he really got to practice. And this is somebody who I've been watching since, you know, the early days of hip hop, you know, Africa Bombada and all those kind of guys. So um, I saw that and I was like, that's beautiful. I wish I could do that for something. You know, I wish I could do that for music or Afrobeats. And then Afrobeats was still kind of bubbling up. A lot of people weren't on it. Even Nigerians weren't on it in the same way that, that um, it is now. So um, I kept thinking about that and just kept like sitting with me as I continued to listen and consume all of these things. And I kept asking myself, what could I do? Now, at the time, and if you're an immigrant, you know that... Um, you're in school, and uh, when you're finished school, you want to stay in the country, and you're not necessarily eager to run back to Nigeria. Um, you know, whether or not it works out, that's a different question. But so for me, um, I knew that, you know, whatever this engineering I'm doing is my best way to stay in the country. Um, it's, you know, STEM, it's technical. Uh, I can get pretty well paid. I was getting pretty well paid by the co-op uh, all company I was working for. So I was like, yeah, like, you know, this is like, Plan B, Plan A, essentially, um, and then you know, cut to a few le- years later in 2017, um, I started getting the itch again, you know, and uh, now I've gotten a job. I've, you know, I'm on my way to a PR um, here in Canada, and you know, like, I, like you know, life is good. I've, I really have no worries in terms of, you know, uh, stability, and this thing is coming up again. So. Started fishing and finding a way, and um, I tried to get a couple of my friends. There were three iterations before two takes on the pod, and um, I'm not going to get into what the other names were. Maybe we can talk about that on a different episode. But um, we, I, I worked it out, and my friends were gracious enough to take the time and listen to my crazy idea, and uh, sit with me for a couple of hours for about three or four random episodes that will never come out. By the way. But um, they, they sat with me and I was able to work that idea through. And then, um, you know, one person had to leave and then another person joined in. And then we kind of like, you know, tried some ideas then. And then one person also had to leave again. And then ended up being me and uh, my previous co-host that sat down and, you know, kind of uh, knocked this one out. So Devin, this idea sat for like a year, you know, and I wasn't sure again whether I wanted to do something with it or not. And then we reconnected and decided, okay, I think we're good to go. And that's how the first season of Two Takes and a Pod came about. And, uh, you know, and then it's just kind of been trucking along, along uh, ever since. I 
I think the question I guess uh, you might want to know is why? Why why do the podcast? Why focus on this topic? You know, a lot of people are, you know, very, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, they want to come up very uh, professional or productive. They want to offer you some real value. You know, I'm giving you resources and tips on content creation or or career or, you know, inspirational or leadership or, you know, something along, you know, marketing, you know, everybody seems to be on to something that they can say, hey, this is productive. This is going to get you rich. This is going to get you money. This is going to make you successful, you know, and, uh, you know, and while all of that is super interesting to me, um, if you notice in the first uh, season, you know, we talked about opinion, we talked about power, um, and we ended on character. And and for me, like, character is really huge. You know, when I when I talk about society and culture, I'm really talking about the character of society and culture, like the philosophy behind um, some of the things that we all gravitate to or assign our identity to. So um, for me, the idea behind Two Takes has always been to say something. Um, even though I wasn't sure what to say or if I was the one to say it, um, I decided I was going to challenge myself to educate and you know share what I learned through discussion or find, pe- find people who I'm seeing doing the work for real and learn from them on the record, you know. And ultimately, I went to find an entertaining way to deliver that message. You know, as I've grown though, I found myself more interested in the black experience collectively. You know, I think when you're learning about the world, you start to realize that. Most of that information is, you know, from from the Western world, a.k.a. the white world. And while that is good and is important and, um, you know, is relevant and really, really useful, you know, you start to think, well, what are there black people who have thought these same things and what were their conclusions and how did the fact that they existed in a white world impact how they came to their conclusions and where did that venture off? So, you know, for me, I just feel like, you know, I wanted to know how our history um, influenced how we as Africans, we as black people, not, you know, when I say black people, I mean Africans, Africans-American, and Africans in diaspora, everybody, you know. Um, I wanted to know how our history had influenced how we see ourselves, you know, um, and how we see the world and how we end up showing up in it, you know. Because I feel like beyond the racial thing, we've seen how the Western world has processed history, you know, and in some cases you can say it's whitewashed, but you know the people or the the uh, the ideas that they hold dear um, and they they hold proudly. I don't know if I see that exist in the same way for black people. It's more um, of it's uh, I guess it's more aesthetic, like oh hey see what happened here in Mali and Mansa Musa, you know, and see where this uh, warrior tribe here you know, in the Congo, like, uh, you know, see the uh, Maasai warriors in south, southern side of Africa. So, you know, I hear these things, but what was their culture? What made them great? What were their achievements? And what was the thing that, like, made them different, made them revered um, and really stand through history? I don't I don't get enough of that, you know, and I'm not, a, you know, <laughs> I'm not an anthropologist. I don't have the time and I don't know if it pays to go back to school to study anthropology and history, right? So um, the podcast is really my medium for that. The podcast is where I want to explore these ideas um, and this 
idea of you know these philosophies that kind of exist in different pockets that make certain cultures great right like when you think about uh greek and roman philosophy right like they are basically what the western world is built on so when you think about greek thoughts and you think about you know marcus aurelius you know epictetus and all these different guys you know what about them has st- stood the test of time right um and and those ideas are essentially what modern society is built on and even those guys challenged in the time what the existing society then was was built on you know so um how where's that happening for africans you know what i mean like now we were so free and we were so dispersed and you know i think there is also a philosophy behind that now whether that worked when you know the colonialists came and carved up the whole continent that's a different conversation but how do we exist what were our, our philosophies what were our backgrounds how did that influence our culture um i think is something that um to me is lost you know and I know there's some people that still have that, but it's not in the main consciousness of media. It's not in the main consciousness of Africans. And, you know, it's Black History Month right now, right? And um, for me, I just, I you know, I, I don't want to be a downer, but I feel like, I feel like, you know, for me, Black History Month is losing its luster. And the reason why I think about that is because um it just feels more i think the celebration is great but and we're celebrating things that are so old right like we're celebrating like i mean we celebrate one or two new things you know somebody makes an achievement here or there but like that achievement means something and some it used to mean something for the whole collective right it used to mean like you know hey serena williams is the first black woman to do this right and that opens doors and it did it opened doors from naomi osaka i can't remember the other um, lady's name um that plays for the u.s um but you know so it, it, it matters in some way but um it just feels like you know it just feels aesthetic it feels like a good opportunity for companies to support the black people that they've selected um you know um for this year and you know now they get to pat themselves on the back and say hey we've done something you know and now that might is you know that might be a really good partnership that starts something and goes on for the rest of the year or it might just be for the month and then there's a new black person the next year um but i don't care about what everybody else wants to do for for black people you know um i understand that you know black history month which started off as black history week actually um, was to celebrate something that black people did not have the chance to celebrate as slaves in America. Um, that basically grew into something over the course of 50 years, um, grew into something, you know, Black History Month, essentially, something that was now acknowledged by presidents. And, you know, it was a great opportunity for black people to celebrate each other and celebrate each other's achievements. But even the guy who started it, right, his name was Carter G. Woodson. Even him, he didn't want it to just be for the month. I think it was it was supposed to be a sign and a reminder, but it was something that was supposed to exist where to the point where there is no need for a black history month. You know? Um and that's kind of where I feel um I'm at. I feel like we really should be working towards a point where there is no need for a black history month. 
because it's embedded into our culture, it's embedded into society, it's embedded into entertainment. There's so many different ways, you know, and it's not just about, oh, this cool TV show here or this cool artist here. Um, it's about groundbreaking work. It's about work that truly inspires, like the stories that inspire, the stories that force you to go as hard as this guy did because he did it when, you know, black people didn't have a chance. You know, um, Sidney Poitier just passed away. And, you know, there's somebody who figured out how to direct, act, st you know, do almost everything in Hollywood, you know, and have the respect of not just his own people, but, you know, the rest of the world, you know, who didn't really tend to respect black people in that same way. So for me, you know, especially with this podcast, I really, really, really want to like get into that. And it's not just about a celebration. It's about, it's really an analysis. It's about a review. Um, it's about discussing our experiences and kind of juxtaposing it with the past and trying to figure out, you know, why, how, and where can we get better? And where can we kind of stop the vicious cycle that we kind of keep experiencing in different little facets? Then sometimes I think maybe no one gives a fuck, you know. Um, <laughs> the truth is, no matter how uh, passionate and uh, dedicated you want to be or you seem to be, that's not enough, you know. It's not enough and... For most artists, that's enough to discourage you to stop doing what you're doing or entrepreneurs or scientists, you know, whoever is trying to figure something out that isn't, you know, particularly popular. Um, it's why on the podcast myself, I've made a point to support artists and entrepreneurs here. You know, people, especially Nigerians, um, Africans, sometimes I would even say, don't really rate you until you've blown. You know, sometimes even your own friends and family don't rate you until... <laughs> until their friends come to them about your work and they're like oh okay and i've seen it so many times at established artists where they said you know the first time their parents actually looked at them with new eyes was when their parents like friends came and said hey do you see your son they're doing this they're doing that and that's when <laughs> they really acknowledged that oh, okay maybe you're not wasting your life you know <laughs> um and it also happens for local artists finding their way so um, with this platform, I think it's always been interesting, you know, I, I've always wanted to support it in that way where, you know, I don't need to fully get it, you know, um, I just need to see there's a real honesty and integrity in what you're doing and um, I, I want to shine a light on, light on it. I want to ask questions and, and I'm curious, you know, how you got there, why you find this, why you're taking this approach and maybe in the process I and whoever's listening can learn, you know, so you know, so when you've seen these interviews, especially in the past year or so, that's really where I'm coming from. You know, I'm trying to unpack <laughs> what their history is. I'm trying to figure out where, you know, how do you even find yourself doing this kind of work? Um, and yeah, maybe no one gives a fuck, but, you know, I guess I do to some extent. The truth is, though, it's not really about them. In the start, it's pretty much about you and what you really want to do and how you want to do it. Um, 
you just can't get married to the ideas of anyone else, you know, because no one really knows the full extent of you. Even people that love you, even your mother, you know, even if your best friend, maybe your best friend might have a pretty good idea, but no one really knows the full extent of you. And that's why when people ask me questions on these kind of matters, like, you know, creativity and where they should go and, you know, just things like that, um, I tend to turn the mirror back on them because no matter what my answer is, I can't speak for their inner voice, you know, like that thing that kind of, kicks at you at different times of the day at night and no one can you know it's part of the growth to learn to trust it you know i think for me um you know taking three years to find myself doing the podcast um at least starting it to even have the courage to have conversations about it um that's what it is and and i don't think maybe until you know maybe 2019 i would say 2020 I would say I started to really trust my own voice for the podcast, you know, and it takes time, you know, and uh, it's it's the, the sooner and earlier you trust in it, though, um, I think the better it is and the better your quality is and the better, your, the bigger your confidence is, you know, and that just informs the work in a really beautiful way. two takes however um the most important thing for me was the exchange of ideas experiences and findings i know for the most part i'm the only one asking questions right but if you know me you know i'm not afraid to share my mind like i can talk for days you honestly um even on the record like i i I've, i kind of hold myself back you know and the reason why is because i never want to get lost in it you know i, I never want to get lost in the sound of my own voice and how smart i think i am you know how intellectual I think I am. It's it. I just I resent that. For me, there's something more that comes out of a conversation. You know that creates space for more conversations. I'll put it like this: I'm more inclined to accept what is being sold, sorry, told to me when someone's talking directly to the screen. You know, um, I'm supposed to exactly. I'm supposed to understand exactly what they're saying um, because they've taken the time to prepare, rehearse, and deliver it. You know, and, you know, sometimes, it, you know, it's just like nobody's there to check you. Right. And fine. Maybe you've rehearsed it. You perfected it. You sent it to a bunch of different people. But, you know, at the end, like if I'm receiving that, I'm, I know that I'm just supposed to I'm supposed to understand it. So I'm going to try and take and reason what you said um, in real time. But I feel like in conversation, though, you kind of are required to do essentially the same thing. But there's an exchange and, and accountability that happens in real time. You know, you're forced to reckon with the truth live and on record. And I feel like the magic happens there because, you know, you, you kind of have to consider that you might get called on your bullshit. Um, sometimes people, you know, curate the environment where nobody challenges what they say and things like that. And uh, it's kind of hard to get a, you know, a differing opinion and still have uh, a healthy less argumentative and defensive conversation right but um obviously i personally always encourage it and i look for it i challenge myself to do it but i feel the magic happens there you know like you you're forced to be in the conversation and if something sounded stupid maybe someone says well uh, that doesn't really make sense and you're like fuck yes thank god somebody said that because this guy was just talking on and on and like that didn't make sense you know it's why i don't do these it's why i don't do these solos as much because you know, I'll get carried away, man. You know?
And the main thing with that too is just that doesn't always work for the audience or the algorithm, right? So I can be doing all of these things, you know, being passionate, da da da, da um, finding the most interesting topic I think is the most interesting topic, or what some you know person says this is a trick to find and get grow your audience by five x, ten x, twenty x, and it doesn't. It's not guaranteed to work, you know. And that's one of the biggest frustrations and challenges in our modern in our modern uh, media landscape. Um, no matter how good, pure, honest, researched, or funny your content is, you still need to get past the algorithm, or write it at the very least. I've seen people water down their content, do gimmicks, and some come up with genius ways like to approach their content. So it's not always bad. You also see some people who just stick with it. Like they don't switch, you know, they focus on the medium that they are used to and they kind of just get go in on that. And to be honest, I go back and forth with it. You know, I do this for fun first, but I also want to do a good job. You know, I, I, I really do treat it like a job, but I also treat like every listener with respect, um, which means I must respect your time and your intelligence, you know, whether or not it's not about, you know, me just putting out content this week because, you know, I have to be consistent. It's about, okay, well, what's worth you spending your time listening to and why, you know, and how can I justify that to myself so that I can approach it with a certain level of confidence, you know? Um, it means I must also trust what I'm saying. Um, I must also trust what my guest is saying, you know? And and then you kind of end with like, okay, so how do I reduce this nuanced conversation that take, took so much build up? you know, to a TikTok video that's like a minute or a minute and 45 or whatever the kind of duration is, you know, or how do I do a dance with this that makes you want to go listen to it? And is that really necessary? You know, um, or maybe I just need to make better content, make better audio, and maybe finally add video, <laughs> you know. Um, these are the questions that I ask personally, right? And I think if you're working on any business, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, you could be building a restaurant and that's the same thing. You're thinking like, okay, how do I make people know that those food slaps? I've done the work. <laughs> I've done, you know, I've gotten the right chef. I've, I've found really good recipes, really healthy recipes, really sweet recipes. Like, how do I convince people that this thing works? You know, and word of mouth is doing well, but it's not doing fast enough. Like, you need to pay rent. You need to pay these bills, you know? Um, I think it's a challenge that we all, you know, if you're if you're going out on any of these ventures, you kind of constantly have to wrestle with. And uh, um, for me, I think that's kind of like one of the major ones. I think for me personally, I've I've resolved that, you know, you have to meet people where they are. You know, there's an underlying intuition that like pulls you to do the work. And um, at the end of the day, you know, even if you're not getting the reactions or the support that you feel like you need or you deserve, um, you know, sometimes there's truth in that silence, you know. Um, and the audience, you know, kind of responds to what they respond to and you kind of just have to take it for what it is, you know. Um, but I feel like as a creative, you know, or as an entrepreneur, you know, insert whatever role, you know, <laughs> you want to put in there. But um, your job is to mine it, you know. What's caused that pause, you know, and let's say in a conversation, what's caused that pause? Is that pause an awkward, uncertainty pause or is that a reflection pause? You're going to have to discern that, you know, um, how, how have people enjoyed what you've done? You know, where, you know, is it good? Is it bad? You know, what does that silence mean? You know, and because and, and I, I focus on silence because 
sometimes like you don't know you're not getting enough of a reaction right and i think about like you know me or performers and how they you know talented artists use it on stage right you can see how a talented comedian will use that silence on stage or a dj or a presenter or a musician and i think their intuition is built by the experiences right and that's what sees them through that's why they're able to snap in and take it where they need it to go so some of these things are really just about experience and not much else at the end of the day though like whether you're again inserts whatever profession artist painter musician scientist whatever right i think it takes time to really communicate like the experience and the product and the and the intuition that you have in you um in your work so that people can really understand it you know i think about people like van gogh who nobody gave a shit about him until he died like now other artists appreciated his work right he worked and partnered with not partnered but like worked with a bunch of other reputable art reputable artists i think monet and a few other guys so some people knew and valued um the work that he did but nobody cared until after he had died right and that's the thing like you know it takes time for people to connect the dots and you maybe you're doing it a little too early maybe you need to do more work maybe you need to grow maybe you need to put in more effort and time you know but if you're doing it right and if you're doing it and if you're improving and like committed to you know those ten thousand hours and that quality i feel like eventually the dots get connected you know and what's new becomes old so you'll be forced to evolve again and again and again because the times have changed and the paradigm has shifted and you will need to engage this new audience in a new way you know if that's who you want to engage anyway i'll end on this as far as the podcast is concerned the goal is to have fun you know at the end of the day that's you know we have to enjoy life we have to have fun in the things that we're doing especially for me creatively um the other goal for me is to navigate these nuanced conversations in the most entertaining and productive way because you know that's what's gonna get the clicks i'm not gonna lie you that's exactly what's gonna get the clicks um i also want us to share our collective truths you know i want people to look back on this time and try and understand and you know and see that um these are really honest conversations that are being had um this is a time and you know hopefully we can look back and see how much has changed hopefully not much has stayed the same or the good things have stayed the same um but ultimately for all of us you know as nigerians africans black people as a whole to build on these experiences and build on our history and do more and better with it you know two takes at a time so if you're here thank you for listening um thank you for taking the time i appreciate your ears and your support and if you want more introspectives like this well, you can write to me at two takes and a pod at gmail.com. It's probably easier to follow me on two takes and a pod on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Don't forget to support the show so you keep getting quality conversations like this. Give me five stars across the board and leave a like on your streaming platform of choice. And make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been Two Takes on the Pod. Um, introspective at that. Thank you for listening. And I'll be catching you soon. Happy Black History Month, people. Peace.